0: Plenty a time for Stroud, directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, into the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! What's going on, everybody? It's Chris K from uh, Burning the Red Shirt here with Andrew P. Katz. Uh, I think we're going to go right into it. Andrew and I were talking pre-show, and we're like, we got to stop wasting this content. It all started with a proposed dynasty trade offer from Andrew, straight out of the blue. Haven't asked him about or talked about any of our team or roster and how it looks for the next year, and he's and he said, uh, "What? What did Andrew suggest?" Well, I-
1: I was thinking earlier when uh, I was putting my rocking my son to bed I was like well I have like a zillion QBs I love them all they're all my uh I am the shepherd to my sheep type deal you know but I can I know Chris loves Bazooka Joe and I could use really anything other than QB but I want Marv and how can I I need to give you something else good too And I couldn't remember anyone else on my team because all my skill guys just up in peace for the NFL, for the league. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then I I was pulling up my roster now and I see Worthy just chilling there. So (laughs) I'm like, oh, first round pick last year. Maybe that's that's the main data point in Chris's head. We'll do that and we'll send uh, Joe Milton his way and bring back just Marvin Harrison over to the good guys.
0: So Bazooka Joe and Xavier Worthy for Marvin Harrison – Right off the, I would say that's a bad deal by any means. That's a pretty solid offer, I think. Like, Where did
1: they go in that mock that you did? Well, I'm
0: not supposed to talk about the mock. Oh, okay, okay. Out of respect to Jared, for sure, oh. Jared uh, from Chasing Natty, obviously. Um, they went pretty early though. Like I think they went like third and fifth round. So basically, the problem is Marvin Harrison's like the number one receiver, I think, by a good bit. Which he's going to release. At betting
1: him for the Heisman today.
0: It's not a bad idea because their quarterback is going to be Kyle McCord probably, right. and he's not going to like. I don't. Harrison's going to have such huge numbers that McCord might have great numbers, but those that Harrison season can right. be huge. But
1: and you could you can dream on a scenario where McCord just funnels endless targets to Harrison through the high school connection, through just a through progression of what happened this year in terms of Harrison just already getting insane targets and what incredible like what's the what was the Devonte Smith script right it was basically McCord doing Mac Jones type stuff in terms of not necessarily being taking over games on a top team and waddle getting hurt right and then it was just all Smith all the time so like all you would need really is Ohio State to be good. McCord to be competent and Igbuka not to catch fire, right? And you could see just Harrison approaching like two k yards or something in that realm.
0: Yeah, I think a couple of things go for go well for Harrison. The first would be that I don't think McCord's going to like do anything rushing wise mm-hmm. to score a ton and look impressive to any voters. And then also like the way they just use Ibuka is horrible. Like <laughs> he's like their bubble screen guy. Yeah, like the qu- And it's just like this why he's so good why would you do that and just like short classic crossing routes yeah so i think there's a lot and marvin harrison has a couple of things going for him too right incredible talent he had an incredible sophomore year so people know him um big name obviously with his dad being the marvin harrison which is just such a like what an iconic cool player you know he wasn't the flashiest of players but marvin harrison screams like nostalgic 2000s to me
1: you know the, the conspiracy theory about him, right?
0: I don't. I don't.
1: That he like killed a man in Philly or something.
0: What's up with receivers in the NFL just doing things like that?
1: Well, which do you think is more likely now that we've we're within in the pre-show and now we've touched on two good conspiracy theories within five minutes. That Marvin Harrison killed the man or that Gaddis uh fucked Savior Worthy's mom. Um, um,
0: I think Gaddis totally happened with worthy. Yeah. I thought you were to go, What's more likely to happen his dad killing a guy or Marvin Harrison winning the Heisman?
1: No, we're just, that's not a conspiracy theory. We're just I know it's not a conspiracy theory, theory but what it, I thought you were you, to do it, like it. Yeah, DraftKings has him at 60 to one, which feels that's not a
0: bad big. number at all.
1: No, you could Devontae Smith was like hundreds to one preseason, right? So from that perspective it's like okay and also everyone knows like what the the script for a receiver to actually win the heisman is like so exact and so precise and you have so little wiggle room in terms of what needs to actually happen for it to occur but
0: i think he's got a he's got a good route to winning it though because the only way he wins it is you know he's gonna be set up for a huge game potentially against michigan right like Obviously, things have to happen, but the things that have to happen are decent shot and would like really catapult him. He's going to have a great year regardless. But have you
1: looked at their schedule?
0: No, I think they play. I know they play Notre Dame in like the fourth or fifth week. It's about as
1: difficult as their schedule could get. At Michigan, right? Yeah, at, at Michigan, at Notre Dame, I believe at Iowa and at Wisconsin as well. So. Uh, like you you know how ESPN will always just stick Ohio State in prime time when they're favored by 30 and pretend like it's a real game like there mm-hmm. will be actual showcase games and actual games where they're expected uh like the chances of them winning the Bill Connelly thing where Georgia was 90 percent to win every game or whatever you saw it today like yeah. Ohio State's Ohio State might actually have like four games where it's below 80 percent, which could be exciting right um so
0: yeah they start with at Indiana, which is just always funny because it's like a Big Ten game on the road. Uh, yeah. It's like Ohio State, the disrespect. Uh like you said, at Notre Dame. Uh they play at Purdue, but I don't think that's gonna be the same fun like Purdue, you know, sneaking a win out. But like you said, yeah, at Wisconsin, at Rutgers, your guys. So yeah, I, I think there's a shot. It, that, I mean, you gotta earn it, right? Like part of Devontae Smith winning is because he had big numbers and big games against the best teams. so totally i could see that happening but uh so yeah i think uh, a couple of things we wanted to discuss here do you wanted
1: are you are you accepting
0: i'm not accepting no 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 you gotta remember i traded do you you remember what i traded it was, a, it,
1: that was that was a visionary trade
0: i was I, I got lucky because the my intentions of the trade were my reasoning was different than how it actually played out. So I traded Bryce Young. This was March of last year. So March, 2022 is Bryce Young, Kayshawn booty for Marvin Harrison in like the 20th pick, which was Trevante citizen who didn't do anything. Obviously he got hurt. So my thought was, well, he might, you know, booty might sit out. And if he does, then I'm basically getting two years of Harrison and a pick for a position on deep at which was quarterback, obviously, and I was always—I think we talked about it pretty early on—that we we liked other quarterbacks way more in best ball than we did Bryce Young. That yeah, definitely. We thought like his ceiling was kind of capped just because he never he didn't run it like Hooker and all those. But speaking of quarterbacks, I think this might be a quarterback-heavy show because I wanted to discuss my uh, what I'm calling uh, myself the CFF quarterback Nostradamus uh self-proclaimed uh we'll see how long that lasts do you want to So you i right.
1: assume you have a bunch of bullet points yeah are you playing on teasing it out in some capacity
0: well i teased it on this week on twitter but okay. what i was thinking was i would give you clues i would I give was you my reasoning this. perfect I was, yeah nice perfect so i will give you clues and how many reasons. do you think it will
1: take me to get it
0: um not long not long. It's good, basically going to come in the my, my reasoning. So to kick it off, um, he was, I won't say the exact number. He was in the 50s, QB in the 50s last year. Okay. In
1: 2022. In
0: 2022. Okay. Reasons why I think it's certainly possible he'll have a better, bigger year. And this is a guy that I think will be picked around quarterback 50 and I think is a top 20 quarterback. So huge value here. It has a weak schedule, but it's much better than last year's week schedule. So I think he'll get more playing time, more than he did last year in 2022. They have an incredible offense that was a little bit more run-heavy than... run-touchdown-dependent than in years past. So I think they might get more passing touchdowns than the previous years. Good. Nothing crazy at receiver, but good receivers. He's dual threat, but he... I think he'll be pushed to run more he's draft eligible. And I think because of that, he'll run more because he will tell the coaches look like I want to be playing for my, for my uh, draft stock here. Like I need, I want and need numbers because my end goal is to play in the NFL. Uh, And I think this, do you have a clue? Do you have an idea?
1: So I'm pulling up my QE sheet now and looking to, to have a reference point for just, um, to try and map
0: if you don't have them now you will you will get it after this next reason
1: all right i'm assuming he's p5 from the way you're talking about power five yeah um well okay so Uh, the next reason is
0: this team has hit a certain part of their they have evolved to a certain level of production as in terms of wins and losses To get to the next step, to compete at that next tier, they have to change how they do a few things offensively, and that's based around the quarterback and just based around offensively being more well-rounded. And this is a playoff team that needs to then be able to push themselves over Georgia.
1: playoff team, so it's JJ?
0: It's JJ McCarthy. What initial thoughts? Am I crazy? I'm gonna. I could go into more specifics. I want to hear your thoughts, but I'll go so, into more specifics of those reasons.
1: I'm trying to relate back to some of the things that you said. the The rushing upside is always theoretical with him, right? We never actually realized it in practice.
0: Well, well yeah, they just didn't really run him much. He's kind of like a Bryce Young and a C.J. Stroud in that, like he can right. move, and he probably moves better than both of them. But they just yeah. didn't move. Like, they just didn't rush. They had 70 attempts last game, last season, 2022.
1: Do you think there's risk that... So, so we, I feel like we saw this with multiple playoff teams, with Michigan, with Ohio State. And I don't know if necessarily the case for Georgia, where they just saved something for the big games in the last two, three games of the year. Like, the running stroud was the big one that people talked about, mm-hmm. right? And then Michigan just calling some of the coolest play calling ever in important spots that we've talked about a little bit too, but at a grander scale could like the ideas of the idea of shifting their balance of their offense. Is that something they would do across the greater season or do they just break it out down the stretch? And that's huge risk. Potentially.
0: Pot- I mean, certainly a potential thing, right? Michigan's, yeah always been at least with harbaugh has always been a a running team i think mccarthy has an ability to do more and i think part of it has to be that he tells them like something has to change here a little bit like give me a little bit more you have to remember too this is his first year that was his first year starting so they may not have i do agree there's a shot that they kind of hide things and they play it to the chest because they don't have to against some of these easier teams early but to go into a little bit more specific. So I actually I don't ever do research. So when I actually did research and I was like, this actually kind of makes sense. Um he last year was at like 17 fantasy points a game. So he would need to increase to about 24 fantasy points per game in like a four-point per passing touchdown league. So kind of significant. But if you look at the first half of the season versus his last half of the season, he went from I think it was 16.1 fantasy points per game to 22.3. So his final seven games, 22.3 fantasy points. Right. He also didn't play the first game, but like he didn't even start the first game of the season.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Had a big game last year's non-conference record. Those three teams were 12 and 26. This last year, the the next, you know, games they play they're 19 and 19. So East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling green, bad teams, but like they're somewhat respectable. <laughs> uh and i just think that averaging 23 24 passes a game is just not like how likely is that really going to be like i could totally see five more passes a game two or three more rushing attempts per game with that offense being so dynamic right scoring a ton
1: yeah so that is an underrated point in your favor i would say that with so many quarterbacks, when we're figure trying to figure out what we want to do from a drafting perspective, whether it be early, especially kind of early in the season, there's so much unknown about the way that these teams are going to shake out, what they're going to do. Right? It seems you can, you can probably consider it a pretty constant and lock it in from a projection perspective that Michigan's not going to have trouble scoring uh, next year, I would think, with what they return uh, across really almost all of the. Across their skill positions, across uh, the O line, right, that gets exposed every postseason. But up to that point, wins the uh, the Joe Morrow Award, right? Um, but that, like, they're going to score points, right? They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to be up there in terms of uh, points scored. So it's not like you need for this to come to fruition. It's not like you need the team to seismically shift what they do from a production perspective, you just need a little bit of that project that production that we feel is pretty constant and pretty guaranteed to shift in his favor. Um, yeah. So in the, in the greater schema of quarterbacks across the landscape, right. There's probably a lot of other quarterbacks that need a lot more to go, right. They need to figure out how their teams are going to actually score. They, uh, they need to adjust to, to do systems. They need to uh, hope that some skill position talent develops. They need to hope that their O-line holds up. He doesn't need really any of that. He just needs to play golf to be a little more favorable and lean into his strengths.
0: Yeah, they just need yeah, they just need to give it like lean into him more, and he needs yeah. to lean into strengths as well. I mean, I was deep in this. You know, they kicked 2.5 field goals per game last year, which is 0. 0.7 or 0. 0.8 more than the last three or four years. Dude, Moody's, they know
1: that Jake Moody's like Moody is player. so good, yeah. and
0: it seems stupid to go that deep, but like they're is not gonna have no, he's gone. He's they gone they couldn't find another. <laughs> we year. couldn't find another year yeah so they're going to have to there's potential where drives will be extended or be pushed because of the fact that they're not going to be able to kick a 50 yarder field you know 50 yard field goal so you know that, that was I saw that with like Auburn back in the day with Carlson the now uh, Raiders kicker like they would just kind of say screw it on like 3rd and 12 on the 35 cuz they just knew that Carlson was going to drill a 50 yarder so Again, this has to be, I always like to pick somebody that's going to be a little bit more off the cuff, a little bit deeper of a reach, you know, nobody, you know, saying like Jaden Deloria is Jaden Deloria is going to go from like QB 30 to QB 20 is not cool. Right. But I think, I think a guy like AJ McCarthy, I believe it. I think it could actually happen. It would be a pretty huge value too. Nice thing is too, right. I, I speak to it here. There's no way he goes in the top 12 to 15 rounds of drafts like even with me saying that there's so much benefits to him but worst case he's got a pretty decent floor and you know he's going to start every single game totally so shifting quarterbacks i can't wait to to hear what nate has to say about that i've held it from him the entire time knowing he's just going to laugh at me so maybe (laughs) on his morning run tomorrow or sunday he'll hear this and get a good chuckle but shifting quarterback discussions you've released some uh some different threads some different confidence in a sense meters on starting quarterbacks per division i guess first things first because as uh we did or as i did jared's you know way too early mock which he's going to do a special show on the 30th i believe so check that out when that comes out um it's difficult man this is early in the game it's kind of nice to get like a grasp on what other people think before formulating responses and thoughts. But just generally speaking, you go into this week with different, you know, back of the napkin math on guys that are starting, where did you find some of like, where was your research done? Like give us uh, us peasants a way to, to research. Back of the
1: napkin is back of the napkin for your boy. Uh, I, I think me, less than a handful of these guys that I actually have slotted in QB one. I had to do anything other than just uh, lean into my recall ability, which is legendary. Um, the QB two stuff. I definitely had to um, do, do a little more research where it's like, Oh, I know. So I know that that idiot uh, from Bowling Green got snaps in the bowl game. What's his name? Does he have eligibility? So um, when I got into some of the conferences, so first of all, let, let me preface that, actually. In terms of actually figuring out the names that I wanted to slot into QB1 and QB2, I felt pretty good. But what, what I, of course, I had no idea about was eligibility. So I had to do some, a decent amount of research there and try to understand if some of these guys come back, um, are able to come back. There's nothing more disappointing than like looking at one of your college uh, fantasy teams, dynasty teams. And at this point, I just like assume that we could always find eligibility for someone. But there's certain guys... Like Chucky Jacques-Louis, Adrian Martinez are good examples where you look at the player card on fan tracks and you see just five straight years of like eight to ten games. And it's like, I can't do anything with that. There's no way I can find another year in there. (laughs) Even with COVID and red shirts and shit, like, I think we're done here. Um, But, yeah, um, eligibility was like tricky to find out. I totally missed on some of the the transfer things that had happened in the uh, – in the last couple of months which makes it fun uh nate uh, nate, uh marquis pointed me toward like a, an amazing research source resource on 247 that basically just like shows all the transfers or something and i was just like dude absolutely not like this is back in the napkin like it uh, the, the, it's a people's job to correct it and update and get get us ultimately where we're looking to go here i'm releasing the, the conferences of uh day by day ultimately though i think i'm just gonna Hey, uh, and I'm update, I'm updating this thing every single time. Like some news, uh, comes out about a transfer or, um, or I, I get, uh, I, I corrected by, uh, by someone on Twitter. So I think I'm just going to end up dropping this into a, a like, a, a, a Google sheet to be, to share with everyone or just, uh, at the, at the conclusion, because right now I'm just, uh, releasing a picture of each, uh of each conference, but it'd be nice to put out, put out something useful for people in composite as well. Um, yeah, at this point, what are we at? Like day five, I think of, I started on Monday and I did AAC, AAC, ACC, and I was like, this is too predictable. Let's go and, uh, let's go do what I do next, the fun belt. And then the, the Mac the Mac, got, of course, like the Mac got so much attraction uh, on Twitter, so much engagement. Everyone wants to be a part of that discussion. Um, and then we did uh, the the big today, which is like boring, right? No, like no one actually wants to talk so, about the big time, so we didn't get. Like, yeah, well,
0: yeah. I got two questions for you right here. Which Which of the five was the hardest back of the net, like back of the napkin math for you?
1: The Mac, uh, cause I have to look up all the backups under the pretense that at some point everybody's going to get hurt probably, uh, right on like a Tuesday night, in November, right before Slate's, uh, lock, uh, if our quarterbacks will probably, uh, be out at one point or another during Maction. Uh, so I want to try and get as many backups that I felt was, were pretty locked in and make sure I identified them for all the other conferences. I didn't really force the backups too much, but we know how things are in the Mac, um, so that was the trickiest. Well, I haven't, So I really just use two colors for color coding purposes in this thing where I'm using green to try and identify pl- uh, players in a QP one slot that I really don't have faith that, that they make it to um, week one, week zero and, with the starting job. And or there's like a decent likelihood that something kind of goes uh, awry uh, as the season progresses and we see uh, we, we basically just don't see them run out from start to finish. Uh, right. And then I also I don't know if we've we've only encountered maybe one of these across the first five conferences, but they become more abundant. Uh, the bright orange, which indicates uh, as is as a text would uh, signify that I have no idea what's going on with this team. Like, and there's, there's more than a few of them. Like I have no idea what FIU is doing. No idea what Mill Tennessee is doing. Army um, Air Force. only one P5 school that I, I have no idea what they're doing. Do you want to guess who it is?
0: Um, let's see, had to have been ACC. So I, don't, no, we, I have no idea who.
1: Yeah. Stanford.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I feel, I I feel like maybe <laughs> I wouldn't have any idea. Some
1: something, But like we've seen what happens over the last couple of years when Jeremy Key gets hurt and it is almost unquantifiable how hard that that offense becomes. Uh, Didn't so the guy five, from
0: Air Force like, wasn't there an Air Force quarterback that was Yeah, Isaiah their Sanders.
1: Yeah. Isaiah Sanders. So he got time. They had one other guy other than Jack West. The Jack West experience was always like a guaranteed three and out at best. Like that's the scenario you were hoping for. And then they have one other guy too, who I think was really bad. So you assume they figure something out. Um, right, with the their I think their new coach is kind of fraudulent, Troy Taylor. Do you remember when he was the OC at Utah and there was like so much hype about like him bringing like a, a fast-paced uh, offense to, to with Tyler Hunley and Zach Moss around, and it, it just never really clicked. Um, and then he dropped. Like he came from the FCS. It was him and uh, him and that dude who kind of washed out at Cal, Bo Baldwin, I think his name was. They they were, I forget where they were together. You maybe UC Davis. And then he went. Troy Taylor went to Utah. Pieced after he realized the offense wasn't really working with Tyler Huntley. Went to Sacramento State, and they just took they took down. I think they took down GJ Kinney in the FCS playoffs this year, right? And then he he got the Stanford job. I don't I don't know why Stanford shoot him so low. Like you think they could do a little better than that, but I assume he brings in a transfer at some point because I have no idea what they have there.
0: Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, he's the Sacramento State head coach. I forgot about that. I mean, yeah. they were huge, which is funny because they were like insanely good offensively, right? Like what weren't there didn't they I lose did like 6160 or something in the playoffs I and that's how they got bounced?
1: I think his, his whatever his shtick is, I think it works at the FCS level, but that it doesn't translate just based on what we saw at Utah. But who knows, maybe what maybe Kyle Whittingham just got his fingers a little too much into whatever he was trying to do, right? and tried to like what didn't really let him let loose. Um so I'm hoping to be proven wrong, but just based on the Utah experience, I'm not over overly excited for his uh his reign at Stanford.
0: I'd have to I can't really speak to this too much because I didn't I don't actually watch any Sacramento State games, but Huntley and Moss were great or obviously really great talents, but maybe he was like too pass happy, like too you know, route tree throwing the football around. Like I, I feel like with Huntley and Moss, he'd Have to be a little bit more option, a little bit more running, you know, spread out, but still running a little bit because those guys are great. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It just felt like it never really clicked.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, right. He went from uh, there to he took a head coaching job. But you're right, like offensive coordinator at Utah is a pretty big gig. (laughs) Why did he not just go You know, like no F, you know, no G5 school was calling. You know, he's in the West like he couldn't grab a Mountain West job. Um, so it's obviously something clicked there. What, uh, you know, one of your more favorite players is in uh, today's drop, Luke Altmaier. Aren't you a Luke Altmaier guy?
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm uh, favorites a, a bit strong, but I, I was rooting for him against, against Dard. I, even though he, well, we, the one time we really got to see him play in the bowl game against Baylor after uh, Corral ripped his ankle to shreds, right? Uh, the, you could just tell the way he's wired is totally different than Corral. He's just a lot more composed and in control. But you could also see that like there's arm talent there, and he's athletic. So I don't know. I, he he gained a soft spot in my heart coming out of that game, and also just w- in conjunction with that, ha- seeing Dart come in and just you kind of figured how that was going to play out. I was ruined for him. So what he he was in the news today though.
0: Uh, No, I just well, he was your uh, you know Big Ten. You dropped the Big Ten, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I expect that. It's super
1: interesting to see what happens with him at Illinois because they they lost they lose a decent amount right with Chase Brown leaving, and I think they lost. Like you look at a mock draft uh, that for the NFL right, and there's like three of their awesome defenders going like the Mm -hmm. first fifty picks, but it seems like they return a lot too. Uh, on defense and even losing their, de- their defensive coordinator to Purdue, right? The, the dude went to go be their mm-hmm. their head coach. It seems like they've got a good thing going. So I would like to see what their offense looks like with a non-Tommy DeVito quarterback, uh, a guy that I actually I think uh, I believe in and could uh, maybe let it rip a little more. Uh, so they brought him in. He's going to be the dude. Let's, let's see what happens there. Let's see if we can get him a couple of weapons on the outside maybe.
0: Yeah, my only concern is he seems like he could be fun, but it, my concern would be it's Belama. You know, he he loses right. Chase Brown, good sign for a quarterback. And I wasn't all that impressed with McRae and Love those guys in that bowl game against Mississippi State. And they return Isaiah Williams, which oh, shockingly, I didn't think about that. I, yeah, I was just looking at doing research for this way too early, mock and, um, came across that Isaiah Williams, fairly positive, is returning for 2023. So uh, that's a that's a nice one for their offense. So Definitely. assuming that I got that correctly, you know, got that correct. But I think you did. Minnesota, I haven't heard his name
1: at all in terms of declaration. I feel like I
0: would hear his name in drafts because he's yeah. kind of got that nice elusiveness out, out wide. But I love the fact that for Minnesota, you just put Alex K. Like he didn't even try to spell the last name. Yeah, That's three, that how you know it's the back the napkin Exactly He can't possibly be the quarterback right Like they have they brought in all these Receiving weapons is that what they're gonna do You think Would you put a pass fleck No not at all Yeah But Even I feels feel like it. a waste of pit. If they don't change their off This is the perfect time to change their offense Or or recenter it Let's say they added yeah. a ton Of receivers almost like UCF Did last year right then they lose Tanner Morgan, their starting quarterback. So there's no allegiance to a guy necessarily. They lose Mo Ibrahim, so that stud running back is gone. This is the perfect time to start fresh. Yeah, I I, I believe it. I'm in. Um. Uh. Any other fun thoughts or feedback from doing these the last couple of days? Any any position group, or I should say, any like quarterbacks that like. Really intrigued ball state you.
1: discussion was really good. We uh, it, it feels like uh, none of us really want to see the Lane Hatcher experience to the max so much as we want to see what Kyle Kelly uh, can do, and just see, get, interacting with some Ball State people makes me think that it's not like one of those predetermined uh, transfer comes in, transfers job type deal, battle it mm-hmm. out, see what happens. And that, I mean, that could totally be fun from a, a fantasy uh, perspective. They, uh, they were, they're the team that just. Through to the tight end a zillion times, right? And um, they've, they've got Marquez Cooper coming in for Carson Steele. So you figure, dude, I was. So I've been messing, or I guess we'll talk this maybe a little more. I don't know what you have on gender or anything, but I've been messing around with like play by data, play by play data, and trying to filter out garbage time and do cool shit with varying results. Uh, but have one after I have. Got the data where I thought it was a good spot and it really turned out it wasn't. I was I was looking at like share of rushing yards and stuff like that. Dude, have you what percentage of his team's rushing yards do you think Carson Steele had?
0: I mean, he was getting like 70% of carries, so I'd say at least I'd say 75 to 80 percent of rushing yards.
1: It's like 83%. Yeah.
0: Because you you gotta think they don't run it as a their quarterback didn't run. And I couldn't I don't know if I could name another ball state running back you can
1: they were they were immaterial
0: so i will say my thought on lane hatcher is as a we are a bunch of mac enthusiasts and loyalists right yeah i don't want some second hand transfer quarterback right like i am here to support transfer quarterbacks to the mac but only if it's like the first time he transferred connor Baselick, no lane hatcher no But, like, if Jeff Sims were to go to Bowling Green, like, Mox and I were trying to put in the the air, in the atmosphere, for weeks, maybe months, I would support that, 100%. But I don't want no second and third transfer type. Like, because that just feels like a move to me where he knows i got to go to the worst conference. That's the only shot I have to play. But, like, Jeff Sims is more thinking I could get some playing time out of school, you know? So it's a little bit different mindset.
1: The, um so I want to come to one bigger takeaway about this prop, this thing uh, this waste of time that I've been doing in a second but for the Mac one I think the main takeaway is so we've seen all the the players leaving the Mac and going to different places right it's been like a theme of the offseason so far but I think largely for the, you see I think it affected the other skill positions more than it did quarterback quarterbacks returning our like, it's not. It, there, there's a decent amount of talent there, right? DJ Irons at Akron, the Kyle Kyle Kelly, Lane Hatcher. That uh, all fine. Matt McDonald. I guess they couldn't find another year for him, so um, Basilic comes in. I think Cole Snyder uh, sucks, but it could be worse at Buffalo. And then we get to like fun guys like whatever. It's gonna happen with Bert Emmanuel and Jace Bauer. Um, Devin Car, dude. So. I don't, I, I feel like Kent State ends up bringing in a transfer. Um, I don't think Devin Cardman actually starts, but did you see Matt Johnson's EOC?
0: I did not see that. that That's exciting. This right? Kent State, right? Like, yeah, what it once their coach left and then everybody else left, it just went from being like the coolest offensive team to like the team I am the least confident in that I think would be the just an awful place but to look Matt for Johnson. Talent. What do you think, kind of play, is, what do you,
1: Yeah. What do you think he's he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna run some boring ass offense. He's gonna try and do uh, some real fast paced, fun stuff. And they've said as much, right? Even though they didn't necessarily back it up with respect to the head coaching hire, that the, um that they are gonna try and keep things like so they get when uh, Sean Lewis left, they basically came out and they said like, hey, we want to keep the momentum in terms of what we were doing with respect to offensive identity. And then they hired that dude from Minnesota or whatever. It's like, okay, you just lied. But seeing Matt Johnson <laughs> yeah. in the OC position makes me think that, like, okay, maybe there will we will have something representative of the identity that we've gotten used to there. Um, but then, okay, moving on. Austin Smith, uh, Eastern Michigan, not necessarily super exciting. But Brett Gabbard, I think, dude, I think Rocky Lombardi has another year, which is like – He does.
0: He does. I mean, how do you – That's why he didn't know? play – that's why he yeah, didn't yeah, play you know, like at games, the end of know. last season. He, I think they purposely, I mean, th- he was hurt, but they were like, well, he's not really that healthy. So we might as well yeah. just sit him and then get the extra year.
1: Yeah. So getting another year of Brett Gabbard and Rocky Lombardi those are and Curtis Rourke and Daquan Finn. Like those are Mac rocks that on, upon which we can build our, our church of action. So that's nice. And Western Michigan, they need to figure something out. Cause that poor gay guy, like they have tried to pretend he's good. He's not good. Um, but overall i think that things that are looking up relative to where i expected them to do, to look going into this exercise with qbs in the mac i think that there's talent there and like we don't need to worry about what macion deteriorating into what it looked like 5 years ago when yeah like the quality of talent was poor and it manifested in there being no scoring i think that
0: we'll continue to see some fun games um, oh overall I think there's a lot of talent in the Mac. Like when I'm, yeah. and I think that's one thing I said to Jared or somebody the other day was like, we have to like this off season. Like, don't let me forget that. Like Mac has like studs, right? Yeah. Like, uh, why, why were we not taking like ball state play? Like, why were we not taking Carson steel somewhat early? You know, like some of these guys were studs and you know, it's, it's 20, you know, hindsight is 2020, 20, but like, curtis Rourke, assuming he's healthy is awesome you know sam wigless is awesome assuming Rourke is healthy you know yeah. Finn is great all these different quarterbacks are interesting enough and they will at the very least crush it for seven to eight weeks a season so definitely, definitely. i think we can't forget about them when we start dr- drafting
1: i agree um I'm trying – I'm considering it, – it's going to be so much work that I'll end up giving up, but I'm considering trying to build something of a, a rubric for – not for creating a composite score for quarterbacks going that, – that I refuse to share with anyone, of course, uh, but for purposes of actually uh, comparing uh, how I feel about quarterbacks going into this year. Like – so. I feel like I, in so many of our drafts uh, this year, I screwed up generally speaking the quarterback position from best ball perspective. Like, yeah, I would take like seven or eight of them, but then it turns out like three of them got hurt four of them, lost their jobs. Uh, you, and you can map some of that back to bad decisions and some of it to bad luck. But I feel like generally speaking, I'd like to try and find a way to catch, to get a better feel for the, the lay of the land in totality and, So I'm trying, I'm thinking about creating like a a rubric that you add up all the scores across like 10, 12 different categories and try and uh, get it better and then rank, see how that, uh, how they kind of compare against one of another and kind of utilize that for drafting purposes. Um, It's a lot of work. So I won't, I don't end up doing it, but it sounds cool. Um, But the other thing, so that when I was going through this exercise that I realized, like we say quarterback is deep it only gets deeper every single year with the way that things trend presently because, right, more players are coming back to school and um, also backups are not chilling who are talented, right? They're going to make moves to get starting jobs. So the pool like is only getting deeper relative to previous years and I think you see that playing out. Um, like, we have less ambiguity, I think, and less unknown at the and less that we can bank on at the quarterback position or no more that we can bank on at the quarterback mm-hmm. position than at, at, than I think any other year. Like it, you just go from top to bottom. There's so many talented dudes.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. I think right now, all those reasons you listed, I also just think you don't see a lot of like times or it's team just has a bad quarterback. Cause that's just yeah. like the next guy up. So you just like deal with it. Like people are transferring, they're typically transferring to a somewhat interesting situation, which then maybe makes somebody else transfer from another situation. Right. So like, I think we're getting a lot of good situations here. There's also like right now in the season, there's one position that is easier to confirm who's starting and who's not right. And typically that's quarterback in my Definitely. opinion. Right. Like, yeah, uh, I think there's like four to five superstar players in terms of quarterback And I think there's like probably 25 to 30 guys that could justify being top 15. Like, I think there's that many guys. And I think part of that's just because uh, everybody's doing a little bit of something. Everybody's offense is opening up. Everybody likes to run with the quarterback a little bit more, right? Um, You know, some of these schools like Chevin Cordero, like what was a San Jose State quarterback typically is not in the top 30, right? But like Cordero was awesome last year. And he's back, which I realized last week, which was awesome. <laughs> so the depth there is really, really nice. Um, and, you know, people hate on the portal because it's like, well, you know, you don't work outwork the other guy and win the job. But it's great from us, our standpoint. Totally. So any final thoughts on your uh, on your uh, one a day? Are you are should you doing we, one Saturday, Sunday?
1: What, what What conference should I do tomorrow?
0: Mm, I mean, have you done the Mountain West? No. I think Mountain West.
1: There are the only unknown is Air Force because Zeke uh, Daniels entered the portal, right?
0: I think he did, which is yeah. weird and for there, Air Force. There's a Force.
1: lot that is set in stone, at least how it looks. Are you hyped on
0: Clay Millen again?
1: Yeah, he's going to have a monster here, of course. Uh, the. Uh, the <laughs> I can't believe that they didn't score 20 points in a single game last year. It's one of the most amazing. That's pretty back. incredible. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. How do you like, and they still won three games uh, with, with that, with that being the case. Uh, but the old, and the only guy that I feel like really has to fight or look over his shoulder is uh, Hawaii. I'm assuming I have Shager in there right now. I guess I should put Joe Yellen as the, the backup. He's still there for now. Right. Um, but yeah everything else feels very set in stone we'll do the mountain west tomorrow
0: i think that's a good one yeah that's a that's a burning the road shirt staple is the mountain west
1: totally yeah
0: so i asked uh i got a few responses from a tweet this week asking Mm -hmm. if anybody had any questions and my favorite both of them were injury related one of them's truly related truly flavor related from atl dan please say psych um uh, we will wait on that one because i think you need to, a refresher right i mean who's really drinking trulies right now just because it's cold right it's not really a winter thing that's more of a spring summer thing but other question was what are your thoughts on a couple of the injured backs from last year Braden bennett and alton mccaskill so have you been officially triggered with me asking that out loud
1: I don't know. I've had I've had enough time at this point to check <laughs> Twitter every single week for Brain and health, and then even when he got back, only get three or four touches a week. So it was all very exciting. It was awesome. I don't know how you could really buy in at this point, right? The one of the one of the things that made him interesting interesting enough to take in like the fourth round last year, which was really brilliant, was how I imagine it being used in chadwell's offense uh, speed option uh, pitches type deal catching a lot of short passes and then also just getting some kind of up the gut stuff add it all up and you're looking at 15 touches for an incredibly explosive track athlete who is also like a big dude um, and then it just it didn't play out so I would need to hear a lot of positive uh, things well, like indicate indicators right about role um, and stuff of that elk to be back in uh, in a meaningful way. Um, it's a throw in trades as a if you're drafting early later on. Why not take a take a shot right? There's worse lottery tickets, but uh, spending meaningful capital going out and uh, trading a asset of meaningful worth probably can't do it at this point. McCaskill, though you would think so, I, I thought Brandon Campbell looked really good in spurts last year. I, I was pretty in at one point, and then it just kind of he kind of fizzled out, uh, lost interest, or not lost interest, uh, lost favor with the coaching staff. I feel like I read that M- McCaskill was like back in practicing in advance of the bowl, but it's also possible I made that up. You would think he's going to have every chance to kind of come in and just uh, reassert himself in that RB one role. Uh, so that is very interesting, uh, right? And if you're drafting early for a best ball, I wonder what the price would look like in terms of what the market is making you pay. I have no idea. Um, I assume he went in the draft that we're not allowed to talk about. Uh, he wasn't drafted?
0: I don't believe he was drafted, no.
1: Interesting. H- how many it's rounds? nine rounds. It was only nine rounds, oh, and the think.
0: max running backs you could pick were three. So.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. That's fine. Um, yeah, but like late late teens, right. Get, get near the 20th round and that's definitely let's go. And I think you can make an argument for creeping up into the middle teens as well. Um, uh, maybe even a, a little earlier. Uh, I'm excited though. I think like when did he rip his ACL to shreds? It was like April, right. Of last year. So he's going to be like, he's going yeah, to be fine. Gonna, he's going to, yeah. Dana's going to burn him to the ground.
0: In <laughs> yeah. I think without a doubt, he'll be healthy, you know, as healthy as he can be for the season. Um, to touch on McCaskill's the one I'd be way more interested in. I think you yeah. give a good, you know, round value for him. I wouldn't have any issue late teens. Um I think with Braden Bennett, my issue is that like they just they just running back by committee to even harder than ever last year. So my problem here is you're you're doing two things. You're you're battling a running back by committee, and we don't really even know if he's like the top option. You would think he would be, but they just did crazy stuff the entire time. I don't think I'll, I don't think it's possible for me to have any of Braden Bennett. I could see him you go undrafted that. for a long time, and then like the once maybe some news trickles in, he starts getting drafted.
1: Yeah, I my that offense really trended downhill in the back half for a few different reasons. You could hypothesize, right, that Chadwell kind of checked out um, when he was starting to think of how he can maybe make his way to a, a different job. And, all, like, McC- McC- uh, McCall was out, I think, for some of the time that what, what had been ended up playing three or four weeks down, down the stretch. I don't believe McCall played in all those games. They got torched by Troy, torched by ECU, Um Right, so it's not like they really were able to even get things going, but you're right. When they were running their offense, it didn't feel like you it was a high priority at all to get him the ball, even though he was efficient enough with his touches, but like I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't catch much of much of their uh games when he was playing, not for better, for worse. Uh <laughs> so yeah, that'd be, be a good offense play. though.
0: I think they'll score, right? With McCall back, with Jared Brown who who also runs the football, which is not great for Bennett. They also brought back, you know, Sam, uh, Sam Pinckney as another year. Talk about just finding years over here. Uh, And then they do have a bunch of different running backs that are interesting. So, you know, I think overall the, the offense will be interesting. What's really funny is I think Houston's offense could be lights out. Like, is there a better, Would there have been a better transfer quarterback of all the options and donovan smith to houston like that feels like a perfect oh it's gonna be great yeah it's gonna be great where i know you didn't do rankings like this where do you foresee him if in your imaginatory rankings of quarterbacks
1: so whenever we start talking about drafts and like drafts scale uh, can you hear me yeah you're good yeah Okay. Whenever we start thinking about drafts and drafts of scale and meaningful sample size, I of course gravitate towards champion series as my uh, kind of uh, thinking about where players are going to go in that. When is Greg going to get that going? By the way, like I don't think we necessarily need to wait for fan tracks to roll over for him to se- send a Twitter DM to be like, "All right." <laughs> There's no
0: me. way. It's yeah. going to be March, man. I wish it's March. I is will be
1: drafts. We start drafting in March. The first Twitter DM should come no later than <laughs> early February. Um,
0: I would agree but, with that too. I think Greg has a duty to get yeah. this thing going. And for those but that... that yeah, maybe, when
1: I think about where players go, though, that is kind of where my head's at. So, and that is, of course, crazy tight end scoring, right? So tight ends get pushed up We uh, and you have to start too. But so I, I would think that's Donovan Smith... Somewhere between like rounds eight and 10 would make sense because just yeah. because QBs get depressed a little bit in that format. Uh, but yeah, that, that's I got I, gotta, I go. think
0: I for me, I would feel pretty comfortable around like the 20 to 25th quarterback. Really, he's not going that late. I, you think that's late? There, this is a deep, I'm telling you, there are tons of I know options. there are, I know, I know there are, but. When you look at it, you have to – I mean, besides the major five guys, right? You got guys 20
1: like 20, – Oh, 20 to 25th
0: quarterback. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, round. Heck no. But, like, this is such a crazy draft between, like, Jane Daniels, Jordan Travis, Tyler Shuck, yeah. Frick, KJ Jefferson, Milton, Plumlee, you know, even, like, Preston Stone, Riley Leonard, Michael Pratt, you know, like we re- it's so crazy. You get to the point where like Brennan Armstrong is like for me outside the top 20, you know, like Cordero is 25 for me. Will Rogers is 23. There's a ton of guys out there. Um, So I guess I think he's confidently like, like a second starting quarterback for people. His upside's insane. I yeah. mean, it's just incredible with, yeah, you know, they lose Nathaniel Dell. People call him tank apparently. Um, to the draft, it'll be fun to see what he ends up doing. Cause he's just such a fan favorite. It just such a good college talent. Um, they, but they have Sam Brown, they have Matthew golden. Um, they got, you know, Cobbs from Wyoming who, you know, if you can catch a football from a Wyoming quarterback, you can catch it from anybody. So there's a lot of talent on that team and they're super deep at running back. Like we had kind of mentioned, I think that'll be a really I mean, if holgerson doesn't do some make some dynamite things happen there then that's on him
1: i agree they they have even i think they go another three or four deep at receiver no problem with guys that were just aren't coming to the top of mind like i assume that dude man jack comes back right he's got he's definitely got a few more years of eligibility he definitely everything. has yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely. and they brought in a, i think they brought another transfer or two as well so they're they're all set they'll have weapons for him
0: what um I mean we can't not speak of Spencer Sanders. What what do you think happened with this Ole Miss situation? So Spencer Sanders has been in the portal pretty since pretty early on, not immediately, but pretty early on. And it was rumored Auburn, but he actually never visited Auburn. Um, and ultimately he ended up going to Ole Miss. Right as the portal closed essentially. So what do you, what's your take on the situation there?
1: I assume that we don't, there's a ton of information we would like to have that we don't have like the idea that he couldn't have picked and chose chosen from another 10 to 15 schools is, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, Even though we just talked about how deep quarterback is, how spread out across the land, some talent is and stuff like that. There's lots of other schools, that I'm sure. If you wanted to, if he was interested in them, they would have been like, "Yo, all right, we'll th- we'll f- f- throw you a full ride. Come in, come in here and do your thing." Uh, but you didn't really hear much in the way of different options for him. Maybe that was just that he targeted a couple of uh, things, a couple of different schools, and then uh, just kind of locked. Then he locked in on Ole Miss. Uh, it feels like it is. Yeah. We don't have enough information to really speculate about the process uh, in a way that it would be genuine in nature, but I mean, it's, it's so exciting. Uh, I, it, it feels difficult to really bank on the idea of him going from start, from start to finish as QB one at Ole Miss for so many reasons, right? the Talent in the room, you know, (laughs) You know Lane's gonna run him two hundred times. <laughs> so if he thought that he, getting out from Gundy was gonna like help preserve his body in any capacity, he's he's dead wrong. But for the time that he's healthy, it's gonna be so amazing. It's gonna be the Notre Dame bowl game every game of like in terms of just them going super fast and being super productive and him just having end, endless weapons. Like I don't know how you stop that offense. Like he is a perfect match for the for Lane Kiffin uh, and the offense that they're gonna run there.
0: I wish they had better like receiving threats because I think that really could be an awesome offense. But for someone that's like, think about Spencer Sanders, he's just going to run it so much that you'll be fine. You know, like he's a, he's, isn't he had just essentially like a bigger version of um, the guy from a couple of years ago? Corral. Corral. Dude, they, how some, like, how
1: similar are they, right? In terms of just throwing and running and just, confidence like I, that that was immediately something that I was thinking as well it's like when you're from a personality standpoint from a way that they just conduct themselves on the field from a uh from a talent standpoint like there's so much overlap there and I think that that is I don't know who gravitated toward who between Kiffin and Sanders but the sales pitch from one to another must have been <laughs> pretty easy right it's like look what I did with Mac Carroll Cur- and I saw what you did with Gundy when the when the training wheels kind of came off and everything clicked, uh, right? Uh, and but so they they have, I assume they return Mal Keith. I assume they return, uh, what's that dude's name? Mingo went pro, but they have another uh receiver who had who,
0: they Watkins. have a Dayton Wade is one of the guys. Uh, I don't think he has another year, he might Watkins. Jordan Watkins and the other big name is Trey Harris. Not big name, but Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech transferred. In oh there. yeah, so so he he's conceivably the receiver one, and Dayton Wade's kind of like their. I want to say more of a slot that runs it, that catches short stuff. But I think Dayton Wade's pretty, a pretty decent receiving yeah.
1: threat. Who did they? I remember thinking that they brought in a tight end that's so they like did. Tr- Triggs Day is done. Uh, who did they bring in?
0: It is Caden Prescorn.
1: Yeah, so dude, he's got weapons for days, right? You can, you can line up pre scoring and then you got you got Heath, uh, Watkins, and I already
0: forgot who's the third guy. Wade um, and Trey Harris.
1: Trey Harris, yeah. So that we're we're all good, and then you got Jukins back there.
0: They're gonna be. I think that's gonna be like an unsexy um group, but like we'll be way more productive. But I think it'll be spread out for like a CFF standpoint. Probably not getting a lot from receivers, but I think, right, tight end wise, pre scoring will be great. Maybe yeah. Mitchell Trigg does something this year. I know everybody was on him last year. Go yeah. figure. Maybe he does it the second year, but what a great fit. I mean, it felt, it felt match made in heaven. It's going to be awesome. Uh, maybe a little bit of a match made in heaven here. I want to ask you what which of these quarterbacks has the best season? Okay. Malik Hornsby at Texas State, Chandler Morris at TCU, or Quinn Ewers at Texas?
1: That's, it's tough, right? There's a, it's, it's a good question in the sense that there are so many questions that we can only project on presently with respect to each of them. Um, I... Don't think I could. Assuming we're talking through a fantasy context. CFF, yeah, I just straight how, I, I don't know how I can answer ewers and feel good about it unless my assumption is I'm picking him because he likely starts the most games. He had like the leash is the longest, and I'm just driving at a floor right because we know he's he's going to rush for negative yards every game. Uh, yes, we like we don't need to have an argument or about his arm talent like you watch dude throw and it's ridiculous but could how far can that take you um exclusively in cff i have no idea if hornsby could actually throw the ball but the idea of his uh his legs in g5 and gj Kenny system i want to bet on that and of course you know i love chandler and i think they're probably they're gonna bring someone else in i would think
0: they, it definitely felt like whenever there was a decent quarterback that kind of hit it, hit the, uh, portal, like they were interested. Like I know they were yeah. interested in that Walker Howard guy. Yeah. I think it's crazy, but Texas has the state of Texas has probably the best group of quarterbacks from a CFF standpoint. Like it, that's not even including Frank Harris and Tyler Shuck, um, from Texas tech but,
1: and Weekman dude, don't undersell, uh, the Petr- and- Petrino
0: Weekman. uh, Petrino's just a puppet, though. But I think the problem with Ewers is he ran it 24 times for like negative 52 yards last year. So he literally has to do everything through the year. Now, to be fair, if you think about how deep their receiving group is, it's actually pretty insane between Worthy and Whittington, uh, Jatavian Sanders. Isaiah Nayer, it will be healthy and bad. Oh, yeah. you know, for, yeah. Forget about that, right? So mm-hmm. that'll be a great, but like Sarkeesian better scheme up an insane plan because that's the only way that yours gets there in terms of being better than some of these other guys. But I do believe you're right in the thinking that like he's the guaranteed starter. He's going to be starting every game. It's kind of like the highest floor but lowest ceiling type. I think if Chandler Moore starts the full season, that's gonna be I mean, that's about as as good of an upside as you can get, but there's so much doubt into like how much they actually like him.
1: Yeah, the question's more fun if we assume that all three start 12 games, because you can make a, a really good argument, I think, for any of them. Like the argument for Uers is like maybe he maybe he's Mac Jones in that offense if everything clicks, right? Um the certainly, argument, your certainly, your best
0: case. That's certainly your best case.
1: Well, Hornsby argument's the most fun, right? He can throw some and just goes nuclear on the ground, and they're in a, a zillion shootouts, and Kenny's just uh, doing stuff like what was going down at Incarnate War, word, word, right? And it's just, it's just wild. Uh, so, but who like that? So the argument becomes so much more fun if they all start twelve games, which is not the question that you ask whatsoever.
0: Is the bold would it would this be considered the hottest maybe boldest take of the year, or from a fantasy standpoint that Quinn Ewers would be the worst fantasy quarterback in the state of Texas? He'd be QB eight behind Frank Harris, Chuck Hornsby, Morris. Um, I just missed one of them. And maybe it would be six or seven. A Weegman would be there. Chandler I think that Rogers. could happen. Chandler well he's a backup because austin ani
1: dude is back. someone said uh i was corrected that ani is gone uh nick Ian a- Allen, correct he's me, gone like,
0: i thought he came back and said he was here
1: that, that's what i thought too he, he came back and then declared uh you have to dig really deep to actually find the declaration it's like on instagram and a beat writer like links to it in an article it's like it was not very out there
0: interesting i was like sure he was gone and then it I thought it said that he came back and no, uh, I guess not. Yeah. Wow. That's a shame. Mm. So he'd be like QB six then maybe seven behind Chandler Rogers. Who,
1: who is he ahead of?
0: I don't well, What's the other Texas? I guess he's ahead of JT Daniels. Like I can't think of a way that JT Daniels does better than him. Rice uh, was in some shootouts last year. Yeah. But he is like, I don't think Rice's offense will score as much as Texas, obviously, in their own respective schedules. This is gonna and be one of those. Pods he is that... a statue, just like you yours. So it's not like what the difference is that Texas is gonna score more with better passing weapons and no proven running back, essentially. This is gonna be one of those pods
1: that we're gonna want to burn so that no one can reflect back on what we said during it for lots of reasons.
0: Yeah, opening tr- good. <laughs>
1: Opening with the the Worthy and Gaddis discussion and Marvin Harrison discussion and now talking about how Quinn Ewers is the worst quarterback in Texas.
0: Well, the, the nice thing is is we packed it all into one episode, so we only have to lose one episode. Like, yeah. where, oh, where did this go? Zach deleted it accidentally, couldn't find <laughs> it again. Uh, well, I think that's a good, good segue to leaving, um, but I do think that we packed a bunch of bold hot takes in this one. All essentially centered around quarterbacks. So Donovan, he, uh, Donovan Smith's another Texas quarterback, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, that's that's 100 better than him. And Preston okay. Stone, literally, there's like six or seven quarterbacks better than. It's an uphill battle for
1: for yours to claw out of the basement.
0: He's got that um that Georgia motivation, you know, where everybody thinks that they suck. <laughs> so
1: yeah, he's gonna. Um, y- um, Sark's gonna sh- show him this tape, and uh, that's gonna propel the, se-
0: the I, season. I'd pay Sark to put this in front of Quinn Yours. <laughs> He'd have to deal with like listening to my bullshit about JJ McCarthy, but it would be worth it. I think he would appreciate the uh, motivation. And then, so.
1: and then he shows it to Worthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one I'd be worried about because we talked about Worthy's mom, and when right. we talk about yeah. someone's mom, it, then it becomes very personal, and rightfully yeah. so. Xavier, I apologize. <laughs> we meant no ill will towards it, <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's all get fault. We got fired because of it too. So, or he quit <laughs> whatever he did. He's gone. So glad that we could come back from a mini hiatus uh, post new years. We'll be keeping it. The goal is consistently every week. We don't know what day, but we'll be certainly rocking it out, you know, and trying to get you guys some uh, fun, different things to discuss each week. So, have a great weekend. Look for some of these last few uh, Andrew quarterback battled back of the napkin tweets, and uh, we'll talk soon. Have a good one, guys.